another new environment, that's great. So the Lord is blessing you, and I'm so thankful to the Lord to see you growing here. That's great. That's great for every one of you. That's great for your city. That's great for your country. Uh, very nice. I thought to start this morning, I've been asked a few times, so Ezekiel, what's about you? You have family, do you have kids? The easiest way to answer that is by showing you a picture, right? And the picture uh, is not really good. Well, the picture is good. The light is not so good. <laughs> yeah, thank you for helping. Um, bringing this as dark as possible, probably. Yeah, so you see... <laughs> so uh, you see here my wife, Tirsa. Um, um, this is my oldest daughter, Sarina. She is 16 years old. Elias, the middle boy, is 14 years old. And our youngest daughter, Noelia, she is 12 years old. So this is uh, a picture of our family in our last vacation uh, a few months ago. Um, yeah, we, we, we also have a dog in our family. And uh, yeah, a, a, a nice dog. Uh, a, 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 and uh, I thought I will share a picture. This is our neighbors. Uh, which are taking care of him sometimes when we cannot go and have a walk with him. <laughs> it's a powerful one. No, just I'm kidding. Now, but really we have a brown Labrador when we, we go and take a walk with him and in, in our environment. And this is a picture where we are living. This is uh, the core, the heart of Switzerland, central part of Switzerland. Ben, you can confirm that, right? Because you have been there. And our house is just around the corner here, uh, between beautiful mountains and uh, nice lakes. And uh, yeah, wake up every morning and see God's creation in that way. Uh, we have been blessed uh, very much, Swiss people. Uh, in the few hundred years ago, that was not really so interesting for the people, because you have a lot of mountains, you cannot have a lot of agriculture, right? So, um, but now having mountains, you can have a lot of tourism, and that's probably most rewarding than agriculture today. So <laughs> that's the way things are going. So that was a short introduction to bring you a little bit in my environment that you may see uh, where I am coming from and where I, especially where I am living today. I'm coming from another country, which is very south, and this is Argentina. This is where I have born. So, I thought today to share with you some of the mechanisms that might help us to understand how reactions are functioning in the human being. I have a picture here. What, what do you see? Graduates, yeah, true. What else do you see? Yeah, you, you see reactions, right? But you, you, you see fear here. But you see not just only fear. What do you see also? Yeah, she's smiling. She looks quite happy. She's fearing. She looks like she's enjoying the moment, right? And he looks completely indifferent, and doesn't care about that. But, but they all are in the same situation. They are all in the same situation. They get graduated. And why do they react differently? It's, it's, it's just interesting to understand uh, how we function and how we work. So, and um, this is what I tried to prepare today that we can discover together what's uh, about. I took a sample, um, the mechanisms of reaction from the University of St. Gallen. Uh, this is where I've been studying economics. And they are saying, okay, uh, there is an outside, there is an inside, and this, imagine this is the, our skin. Huh? So we have an inside, inside our skin, the human 
the human being, and there is an outside world. And on the outside, there are a lot of events, situations, incidents, things that are happening. Can you, can you read it well? Can you see it okay? Yeah. Is it okay? So the events, incidents, and situations. And this goes into us. We perceive it with our eyes, with our ears, and we start to think and feel like an inner reaction. And after this inner reaction, we act and speak according the way that we think, according the way that we feel. And this external reaction goes and makes again an act, an event, that can create and generate these cycles over and over again. And then some of the people recognize, well, that's not enough. Because we take the picture before. They all didn't react the same way. Why? Because if we will all react according to what's happening, we all will be victims of the things that are happening outside. So they realize, no, this cannot be the way an event goes directly in our thinking. It needs to be another step. So an event goes into our, depending on our values, depending on our beliefs, depending on our patterns, on our mindset, this will generate a reaction by thinking and feeling, and this will do an act. I take another example. If a dog is coming to you, how would you react? Uh, Candice, you will react happy. What would you do? Yeah, exactly. Could we have other reactions? You will panic. Why? Very interesting. And what would you do? And that's quite common. So we have different situations, depending on your beliefs and your pattern and your experiences. And this is just a simple example of a dog that is coming to you. So you will go down on your knees and play with him and say, oh, so cute. And the, and the other will run away, right? <laughs> and they are in the same family, imagine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because your acting, your acting will do something. It's all, it is so important to understand that what's in our minds, our experiences, our beliefs, even if we have been talked about, they are making a lot, they have the biggest influential on the way we think and feel. And I think these are times, brothers and sisters, where we definitely should exactly know about the things that are happening outside of us, the news that are coming, which is our mindset here? What are our beliefs? What is our patterns, our mindset? And I am not talking about the, a Christian model here, uh, which has been developed. This is a, a model from a university, which I am taking now to share with you. This is what people in university are teaching. So, English is such an interesting language because this brings me to a situation of responsibility. I am responsible about my values, my beliefs, and my pattern. doesn't matter if I believe in Jesus Christ or not. This is, as a human being, my responsibility to know what I believe I will be made responsible for. I'm responsible for that. So, if we take this word responsibility, we see that there are two words inside. Responsibility. Our ability to respond. To what? To what's happening outside. 
Responsibility has to do with our ability to respond. And that's so interesting to see, yes, we are responsible for what's happening here. So taking a look at that, I just wanted to share that model with you because we want to build up on that some thoughts. And we are going to see what God has been sharing in the Bible to us, uh, understanding in a more technical way maybe the way these wheels are functioning together, these tooth wheels. Eh? So, if we go to the Bible and start to read in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, who could read that loud? Very clear, God has been sharing with Adam what will be the consequences if we eat. So, what do, you re what do we read in Genesis 3? Can, somebody, can you continue? Yeah. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die. Thank you. You will be like God, is the serpent telling uh, to Eve. And Satan had a very powerful strategy in front of, the, of Eve. The first one to say, hey, you will not die. Like God is lying to you, you will not die. There will be no consequences. And God's word is not true. You don't need to care about it because it's not true. And he continues and tell her, you will be like God, which means you can then decide what's good and evil because this is what God is doing now. So you can decide by your own what's good and evil. You can decide what is good for you. And you can manage your life and you can define your path. And you can decide what is right and what is wrong. And you can define whatever you want to be. And you can define your own identity. And you can define your own gender. And you can define whatever you want. Because it doesn't care. It's about you. It happened a few thousand years ago. Some of them say 7,000 years ago. But I think if you take a look at that and you look at what's happening around us today, this message is quite actual, don't you think? This is what's happening to us today. It's the mankind playing a bad copy of God deciding what's good and what's evil. Let me take a, let me make a story. Um, uh, a few years ago, um, if you had, well, this is actual, if you had anorexia, you know what's anorexia? You look at you in, into the mirror, and what do you see? You see a fat person, but Effect, ineffective, there is no fat person. So how would you describe this mindset? They would say, and, and they would say, this is a psychological disorder, right? So these people will get a psychological disorder um, uh, announced. But today, if you go into a mirror, and instead of seeing a man, you see a woman. 
This is not a psychological disorder anymore. This is gender identity. If you disagree with that, you are having a problem. The person that sees something else is right, and what you see, and if you disagree with that person, you will be the guy that will have a psychological disorder in the future. Because you have a problem with the identity of that person. And this is the way, and this is what happens when the men and women starts to define what's good and what's evil. And this is what's happening in that circle of values and patterns when we start to define and man starts to play God. I could continue and describe all our situations today. If you just open the newspaper, you can go through and see what man has redefining for himself. So, Wanted to do an update. So coming back to our model. So something is happening. Our values, beliefs show that we are responsible. And the inner reaction will be thinking and feeling. And then we act and we speak uh, and acting. Um, so is this situation coming you familiar with some things that we are teaching. It's about spirit, about soul, and about body. And we know mankind is built up by these three dimensions. I'm not expecting to define these clearly very well. It's just an indication of that, right? So if we take a look at that, spirit, soul, and body, um, we have, as people, one big problem. The, the serpent said, you will not die. But in fact, what happened? We died. In which way? First, spiritually, immediately, spiritually dead. And this was, uh, we, this follows up. So, we have been cut in connection with God. So do you know that symbol? You know it very well. <laughs> you know it very well. It's quite painful when if you want to download a few things or you want to see in the internet and you don't get connection, right? Yeah, that's painful. Yeah. So our connection has been cut. What does it mean? We cannot download information from our Heavenly Father anymore. We don't get direction because we have cut this relationship. And because we have cut it, we started to define it by our own. But thanks to God, there is a solution to that. There is a way to that, to get back um, online, and we will get there. Um, but these consequences, by cutting the will of God in our lives and started to define, we thought, hey, it's all about me. Life's purpose is to take care about what's good for me. And I know a lot of people in my age um, that have been going through a lot of things trying to serve and fulfill their needs and realizing after, after 40 years that this is not fulfilling their lives. Like a machinery of fulfill my own needs because it's about me. It's about myself. 
When people go into, even if they go to marriage, if you ask them, what is the most important thing for you? What are you, why are you doing this? And they say, I want to be happy. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, because it's about you. You want to be happy. When did you hear the last time that somebody was saying, yeah, I'm marrying because I want to make happy my wife? But that's the right attitude. It's all about me. And that's our biggest problem. Because God is not leading this process anymore. How beautiful is it when the wife is getting into marriage and she's saying, I, am, I want to make my husband happy. And the husband is saying, I want to make my wife happy. That's a good solid foundation to work on that. But if everybody is saying, I want to be happy, they look back to their rights. I have the right to be happy. And my whatever breakfast needs to be at this and this time in the table. Because this makes me happy and so on. And then everybody starts to build up a big list of topics that needs to be done. Uh, to fulfill and make them happy. So it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. And that, that's the way the work functions. And that's, that's the way our people around are thinking. And they don't recognize it, that this brings them not to a happy end. So we are back in this situation. This has been cut and but we know, as we said, that God had a plan. He realized that situation, and he didn't want to let us in this terrific situation. And um, he sent Jesus that we might accept our situation of being out this relationship with God and get through Jesus Christ back into that relationship with God. So, when we see and when God starts to act, when God starts to fulfill and to manage this area of our lives, our spirit, our values, our beliefs, if we align these with God's word and what he's saying, other things are happening. I, I want to use an example. I try to use simple examples that we all understand from our normal life, what's, what's the mechanism behind. If I say GPS, what do you understand? Turn to the left. Turn to the right. After 500 meters, whatever. Recalculating. GPS system, every car almost today has a GPS system. I could ask who has not a GPS system today. I will get some answers, definitely. But this is what God made at that specific moment when you decide to give your life to Jesus. He said to you, I know exactly where you are. I know exactly where you are. I know exactly what's the situation in your life. And now we are going to recalculate and define the path again back to him. God is not saying this way is too difficult. You just need to come out by your own forces and strengths. God is taking you exactly where you are and is telling to you, recalculating and we will define the path that will bring you again into this direction. Well, you could say, Ezekiel, that sounds nice, but uh, is there any biblical foundation for that? Yes, of course. Candice, you do it so well.
May your spirit lead me. So this is asking God to lead you in your path. And you would probably say, yes, that was what was happening in my life. But Ezekiel, probably you don't understand. My path is not looking like that. So beautiful. I'm completely in another situation in my life. You don't get it. My life looks probably differently. My life looks like this. Boom. There is no perspectives anymore. I don't see far away. I see just this ends here. And I'm not really motivated to continue. I was in the plane. This is a picture I took in the plane. Three, three days ago. I started in Zurich. Thursday evening. Almost night. And it showed me the path to my first step. Singapore. And this goes really like that. It shows a very straight line. Well, we know, actually, this line is not really so straight when the plane is flying. So maybe you know the pilot are putting their destination and the autopilot will do the rest. They are not flying anymore. Um, and, uh, but if we go and exactly take a look at how the autopilot is functioning, it's always a small amount, a lot of small amount of corrections. The, the plane is flying like that, and there's always doing micro-corrections. And this is the way our lives under the leadership of God is also working. We are going and God will be doing the corrections in our lives and will be directing us into the destination he wants for us. But again, you say, I am not seeing that destination there anymore. I have no destination at all. I don't know where I need to go. But if you don't know that, what is saying God about that? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. This is a promise of God. And if God is promising you something, he will act. Maybe you say, no, Ezekiel, uh, maybe I have a car. If you take a look at, if we want to keep that picture alive, but you say, my car is not working anymore. My life is a disaster. I would know a path to go, but my car is broken. My wheels are not turning anymore. My engine has no power. I'm done. I don't see any future for me. My life is just an amount of garbage. And a lot of people think that way, guys. A lot of people think that way and say, I, am, I cannot follow God's path. My car is broken. And what is God saying now? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. The new is here. When you get in that relationship with God, God is not repairing your old life. God is giving you a new life. It's new. It's not an old repaired. And that's important for us to understand. Because we sometimes believe God is repairing my old life all the time. No. 
God is giving you a new life. And he wants that you go his path, recalculating from whatever place you might be. He knows exactly where you are. With a new life, you go in his direction. He wants to do this miracle, even today. There are no more beautiful miracles in a church than a transformed life. There is no more powerful message to our environment outside of our church walls than a transformed life. And this is what God wants to make in us by transforming our lives, by transforming our minds, by transforming our spirit, our values, aligning us with this, his words. Keeping that example of the GPS with means uh, God's positioning system. Um, cars today, they have not just only a GPS, they have also something else. They have a sensoric system, right? You know that? How does this work? Very easy. It starts to peep if you go too close, right? Beep, 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 beep. boom. Uh, that's the wrong way. So this is the way it works. This is the way it goes around. So they have all the path to drive, but we as Christians have also a sensoric system to know how to treat each other, how to work with each other. How it's the way we, we get into a relation, right? And this is the way we touch each other and this is the way we function each, we, together. Um, I believe that we as a church usually had very much focused in the way on our sensoric system. How do we treat each other? How do we go with each other? But we are not always working on our direction. In which direction are we driving as a community? In which direction are we driving as a family? In which direction are we driving as a, as a single person? And when God is not leading you, people will define their target in success. To be successful. And what's successful today? What is success? Money, yes. What else? Yeah, definitely. Based on that. But usually, what this is filled by was. By what? It's filled by money. How, mu how much do you have on your account? This is filled by your position in the company you're working. This is filled by the title you have in school degrees. This is filled by what else? A lot of that kind of stuff, status. This is about what you show to your community. Success is defined a target, and you have a lot of hurdles, you overcome those, and then you're successful, right? This is the way success is defined. I want to invite you to think about if you have a clear vision in which direction you are driving, you are going. Not just as an individual, but also as a church. To build a church is not a vision, it's a result to make the vision happen. Building is not a vision. Building is just a result out of a vision that you will be following. And this is important sometimes we don't know in which direction we are going. Ask an 18 years old guy, what's your life and in which direction are you going? They have no idea. They rely on their parents. My parents will tell me where I have to go and what I have to do. And, but at a certain age, we believe, yeah, those guys are now 40 and they should know in which direction they are going. It's not the case. Sometimes they are really lost somewhere 
they don't really know in which direction to go. And this is the moment where God is taking you if you call him and is telling you, I know exactly where you are. My loved son, my loved daughter, I know exactly where you stand. And let's recalculate now and define your path in which direction we should go. It's about vision. Vision, it's always, always, something, something in the future, huh? something in the future with a higher quality. If this is your today, your status quo, a vision has usually is in the future higher quality than what we have today. Right? And how do we make this possible? Learn. Yeah. Yeah, learning. What's the differentiation or what's the difference between a vision and an illusion? What do you think? The calculation. Probably not. They are faith. Yeah, expressed in what? In actions. If you act, if you go the path, it's a vision. If you don't go the path, it's an illusion. But if you act by faith and you go, then it's a vision. You are working to get there. In Switzerland, there is a very famous um, interview with a 12 years old girl that has been asked by somebody, and what, what, what do you want to do? She was playing some tennis, and she was there with their teeth, with some of their, I don't know how to say it in English, braces, braces metallic braces, looking there and saying, I want to be world's number one in tennis. And you look at that and say, well, ah, girl, we'll see. After a few years, Martina Hingis became world number one in playing tennis. That was Martina Hingis. She was acting to accomplish that vision. And I want to encourage you also to act, not just as a church, but as individuals also, to understand what's God's vision for you and how do you perceive it, in which direction you go. We are missing clear visions today because a vision can motivate you very much when you are frustrated. Knowing in which direction you are going helps you a lot to overcome hurdles. Very easy example. How easy is to save money? If you, yeah, that's, that's the way to make it. Yeah. It's to give out more than what you get in. Eh, no, different. So what's the way, what's the way, what's the way, the easy way of save money? Yeah, that's the mechanical way to understand it. You spend less and then you can save. But sometimes it's so hard to save money, right? Because you find a lot of things that you, you need. Yeah, definitely I need. Then I need to buy it. But when is it easy to save money for you? Yeah, when you know exactly what you are going to buy with that money. Sometimes ask a... Ask a guy that wants to buy his PlayStation 4, that is saving his money to buy it, he will not spend at anything else because he's saving his money for his PlayStation 4. And there is nothing else he will spend his money. And that's the way also we function. If we have a vision, if we have a vision, it's not just about saving money. I mean, I mean, guys, you, you want to build up a church, and this is not for free. You need to have a clear vision, 
because otherwise you will not bring that money in there. And I am not just talking about money, I'm talking about your resources entirely. When we talk about education and kids are in, how do you say in, in English, puerta, la edad de la pubertad. When they are 14 years old around, they start, they have this illness that you call puberty, puberty, puberty. This will, this will go away, right? But, and, but you as a parent, you need to educate them. And why, why are you going to keep on fighting and not let them go? Why? What gives you motivation in that situation? That's, a, that's one, yeah, definitely. You know this is going to be gone. Absolutely. But you know you have a vision for your kids. You say, I need to be there because I, they, they, they should become later be ready for the life, etc., etc. And this motivates you to be there and keep keeping them helping in those situations. Yeah, this is very important also for us to understand that God wants to help understand and get a vision of what's going on to happen in the future. I want to share with you something in Romans 12, verse 2. If we align this with that, what does it say? What is Paul telling us here? If we take a look at that, where do you should take care of? That one. A lot of people start to work here. If you start to work here on acting, you became an actor. Usually a very good actor. But if we go deeply in what Paul is saying here, no, 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 no. We start here. And we work just here. Very carefully. And how do we work there? How, how do we work there? We take our responsibility. If we read the Bible, if we read God's word, what's our response ability? How do we respond to God? And this is what we are responsible for. So we, yes. Yes. Yeah, and this is the result to leave it. But we work here by renewing our mind, by being transformed. Not thinking transactions, but thinking in transformation of our mindset. It's the way if we stay here and God is guiding us, what can us take our peace? From, from us, that God is giving us. Coronavirus? What can it take away from you? Which situation here could take your peace away that God is giving to you? What? Nothing. Nothing. And therefore, Jesus is talking a lot of times about faith. As you were mentioning, Michael. It's, it's about our faith. If we don't believe that God will act, if we don't believe that he will do this, if we don't believe that he's going to improve the situation, we will act as God wouldn't be here. And this is what I want to encourage you. Taking this simple model 
to understand that we should not work on our feelings and on our thinking. Our feelings are a result of our values, beliefs, and what's happening in our, in our mind. That's the reason why so many companies today are talking so, so much about mindset. A lot of companies are working on their cultural behavior, on their cultural situation, because they understand just by asking them to do something, they will not do it. I need to work culturally with those. And this is about here, about values, about beliefs. He works in you to will and to act. To will and to act. So we come to the conclusion, when we are acting in the way God wills, who should we glorify? Yes. Because it's He. We would say, it's me. This is our nature. It's about me. And we should learn to glorify him. We should learn to understand that it's about him. And to glorify him. Um, I want to encourage also to glorify God by showing to others also the process you are going through in the situation you are. Sometimes we really miss that situation. People that are coming from outside of a church, they usually take a look at us and they are saying, guys, you, I will never get there where you are or you are just an amount of hypocrites that are telling something but living differently. And this is the result of a lot of people that are going into a church for the first time. But if we share with those people and we glorify God instead of glorifying the result by our process, sharing with them what I have been working with and what God transformed in my life, Sometimes we glorify God just in the moment we get baptized by what he did. He transformed my life from this to that. And then we end up glorifying God. Then it's gone. Maybe we highlight a few things that he did, but we end glorifying God. We heard that these big moments of people that have been in drugs, and then switched to a healthy life. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Definitely. And we heard also about these big moments of people that have been in alcohol and switched to a healthy life. And we praise the Lord for that too. But when was the last time you hear somebody saying here, I was a narcissistic person. And God healed my heart. And now I'm not depending anymore of what other people are thinking about me. I just think about what God thinks about me. We are suffering a lot as a society in a narcissistic environment which thinks just about themselves. And they are completely in love with themselves. And in a way we are all touched by that situation. A narcissistic person just glorifies himself all the time. He's telling you all the time what he did great, all the time. And we should counterpart this by glorifying God and showing what God did in our lives. And maybe this morning 
was sensibilizing you to take this seriously again and think about how am I going to glorify the Lord? Is God working in my mindset? Are there some patterns I should change and he should transform in me? When we talk about change, I was uh, talking with a very nice, interesting uh, neuroscientist and um, they analyzed a few thousands of brains. So they put it into a, um, I don't know how to say what that machine is called, but they analyze the activities of the brains. And they see some lights in the brain. Where is the brain working? In which area? And every time they had to change something, a small part in the center of the brain gets reacted and this is the same part of the brain that starts to work when we need to vomit. That's true, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. When we vomit, it's the same part of the brain that gets activated as when we have to change. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't, change, don't like to change things. It doesn't feel necessarily nice, right? As an alignment. The transformation that God wants to do in ourselves is through our mind, our values. He wants to bring his moral authority in our lives. And I want to encourage you to let him work, let him do in your life. I want to encourage you, if you are in a situation like those pictures, that you feel you have no perspective anymore for your situation in life, to think about what Psalm 37 saying, trust him and he will act, he will open your path. If you think my life is destroyed, think about he is not repairing, he's making things new. And no matter where you are, he's recalculating. No matter where you are, he's defining a good new path to get out of that situation. We just need to call him and put our faith on him and he will act. Amen.